1: Now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. It's Gabe Ramirez. Three. That's the
2: magic number.
1: Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple.
3: Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez. Voice back 100% right I say 97% right now. Broadcasted live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We know Chase Claypool was asked to stay away from the team, but someone else might be joining him. If the Bears lose on Thursday, I'll let you know who that is. After the trifecta. The trifecta are just the top three stories that I've been thinking about all day today. And then I just bundle them up and give them to you in a produced form.
1: Number three.
3: Oh, Major League Baseball playoffs are here little known fact when it comes to like what my favorite sports are baseball would be third be basketball bulls and bears then my white Sox or baseball for that matter however when it comes to which playoffs i enjoy the most it is without question baseball for me something about every at bat every pitch being this duel between two people in a framed moment of time it's it's pretty cool, and it's really intense where every pitch re- literally matters. So today kicked off, the Rangers beat the Tampa Bay Rays for nothing. And as you know, as White Sox fans know, uh, pitching is extremely important in these playoffs. And Jordan Montgomery lending a hand to the Rangers, went seven innings strong today. Only gave up seven, uh, six hits, no runs at all. I uh, rolled this Chapman, former Cub out there, uh, doing his thing as well uh, to give them some some. Uh, to give them some help as well. All right, now Minnesota up. That's something they're not used to saying in October often, but they're up 3-1 on the Blue Jays right now. Uh, That one's in the eighth inning. And then coming up in just a little bit, the Diamondbacks, who slipped all the way to the sixth seed in in the wild card. Uh, They'll be taking on the Brewers today in just a little bit. Then later on in the evening, the Miami Marlins take on the Philadelphia Phillies. I will say this, right? Like, Like my Cubs fans that are out there, I do get it. Like... You'd miss the playoffs, and then you see the Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins there, both of them, and you're just like, oh, my. It almost, I'm sure it comes up in your throat just a little bit, a little lump right there, and you try to I get a little sick. Oh, you have to. Especially because the Diamondbacks went down to six. Because then you're thinking, oh, we could have avoided the Brewers and played the Philadelphia Phillies. Not that that's uh, more of a cakewalk, but it would have felt better than the Brewers, I'm sure. Either way, maybe next year. Isn't that what? Both, was always next teams, year. Both teams say that. Always next both year. teams. Maybe next year. All right, number two. Number two. He was just not running. Number two. Now, there's a theme here for this trifecta is that each one of these starts with an M. Number one was MLB playoffs is back. Uh, number two is the marathon is this weekend. The Chicago Marathon is going to be ran on Sunday, October 8th. And your boy is going to be front center again. So last year was my first time riding in the lead car for the Chicago Marathon. And essentially what that is, is you're in this truck with, you know, a couple of other former runners and announcers and then like a photog. And you're in this car and essentially the best athletes that are participating in the Chicago Marathon, they're chasing after this car for two and a half hours. Because that's what we're doing. We're just following the pack. And like, hey, we're not pacing them. They're pacing us. But still... You sit in that car. It's super cool. And then you get to see the city in a way that you've never gotten to see it before where, you know, the entire city's out that early in the morning. And I literally mean not the entire, but damn near the entire city. DJs, bands, there's people cheering, sections, run teams, clubs. I mean, it is individuals just sitting there marveling at the people running by. And to be able to see that and experience that and be a part of it, that's what I do. I I set the scene for the live broadcast of the marathon so i sit in the car talk about what's going on because lord knows me and my dad bought i ain't talking about running the only thing i'm talking about is the city of chicago and how beautiful it looks and the thing so again uh wbbm am our sister station 670 score we are going to be down there on uh sunday handling it chicago uh bank of america marathon it's going to be great and if you've never been you've never been i know it's early But you want to talk about, like, if you're going to wake your ass up early to go see the river get dyed green, if you're going to wake up early to do things like that, then most certainly the Chicago Marathon should be something that you wake up early for because it should be something that, like, all Chicagoans take part in. I tried to
1: run faster than I was running and and, uh, got caught up.
3: Exactly. And that's what happens in these things. So, again, Marathon Time Sunday. Make sure you guys check that
1: out. Number one. How many billions of eyeballs are watching these two men 12 yards apart?
2: Messi
3: scores! That was great. I got goosebumps. Now, Lionel Messi is supposed to be in Chicago tomorrow. This we know. Chicago Fire take on Inter-Miami. That's your last M. MLB, Marathon, and then Messi. And, of course, if you guys didn't know, I'm I'm actually the in-game host for the Chicago Fire. So when you go to the fire games, I take care of everything. Before the games and at halftime, obviously no timeouts. It's not like basketball and baseball where I got to talk in between. But tomorrow's game is sold out. 60,000 people are ready to go at Soldier Field tomorrow night. We have, and and, and I got to give a shout out to David, the president of the Chicago Fire. First of all, just a real good dude. But you have to have no limits when you're putting on this this kind of a game for Messi, right? So it's not... We're not going to tackle it like we would any other game that we've had all season. Clearly, this is a spectacle. We have a special halftime performance by a... I can't say the name. I know who it is. I'm going to be interviewing them on the field, introducing them, and... Wow. That's all I got to say. Then they went in... You know when you go to a bracelet, Tyler? Or, excuse me, you go to a concert and they give you these bracelets that light up? Oh, yeah. So... They splurged for 35000 of those bl- bracelets for the fans. So they're going to do, like, a light show tomorrow. We got a flyover from the thing. We have bands performing. We got athletes. Matt Forte, Lance Briggs. We got Blackhawks players. We got artists. Every- the game's going to be huge tomorrow. And I am going to be your hostess with the mostest. So if you're going, first of all, take a picture and tag your, t- tag your boy so I can repost it for you. And then most certainly you should come out to a Chicago Fire game and if you're going tomorrow this is what I do want to tell you get there early not because it's messy get there early because very few teams do pre-game activities like the Chicago Fire you walk through that concourse inside outside and there is some it, it is a lot of fun I will tell you that so again Chicago Fire and if you can't make it out to Wednesday's game we got another one on Saturday last home game of the season all right There is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen.
1: That's a magic number.
3: Right here on 670, the score, your 3M trifecta. That was pretty good. I like when I have themed trifectas. Uh, But I am Gabe Ramirez, broadcasting live from the score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Hyundai dealers, excuse me. And I mentioned before the trifecta, I said, there might be somebody joining Chase Claypool in the list of people that are asked to stay as far away from Hallis Hall as possible. And the person who I'm referring to could be Coach Iberflus. I know. I heard Parkinson Spiegel do a fantastic segment with truthful Eberflus. That was great, by the way. Make sure you check that out on the Odyssey app. Download the podcast of Parkinson Spiegel. They did a great job with that. But Peter King was on with the guys as well. And, He had something interesting to say about Iberflus and his future with the Bears barring the results of Thursday's game.
2: I would not be surprised if it's a bad loss Thursday and the Bears make a change. Just wouldn't be surprising. But I would be surprised if they totally cleaned house and went and got a new general manager as well. It just doesn't seem that doesn't seem that logical to me.
3: Okay, a couple things to unpack here. I cannot imagine a situation where both Ryan Poles and coach Floos will be fired the day after if they're embarrassed. Can't imagine. it. Yeah. Who's going to do it? Like you think Kevin Warren's going to walk in Poles' office and be like, hey man, when you come in today, do me a favor, come by the office. Or do they? are they going to treat Ryan Poles like they do us regular folk? Let us work a whole day. And then, hey, hey Ryan, before you get out of here at five o'clock, come on, uh, come on over to my office. Sorry, buddy. He comes in. What's up, man? Ah. Stuff's crazy out here, right? And Kevin Warren kicks back, and he's like, son, you got no idea how, cra- how crazy it is. Like, come on. That's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Iberflus, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. Because I, I I I wouldn't do it regardless of the outcome. I wouldn't fire coach Iberflus regardless of the outcome. At least not after that game. You have a long break. People might... I, I just wouldn't do it. There's no loss that's, that will be embarrassing enough for me to let go of Coach Iberflus. And that's what I want to open up the lines for right now. 312, 6, 67-67. If the Bears lose on Thursday, whether it's embarrassing or not, or maybe there's a caveat there for you, do you fire Iberflus the next day? Would you fire Eberfluss the next day? I know there are people that want to fire Eberfluss right now. And I'd love to hear from you as well. But playing the Washington Commanders in the, in the all-black, the midnight jerseys they're wearing on Thursday. You heard about that? Midnight jerseys. Spooky. October style. Oh, it's over. 3-1-2, 67-67. Bears lose to the blackout jerseys. Are you firing them? The reality is this. You already know the Bears are a bad team. This can't be the defining the, the game that is the straw that breaks that camel's back. This cannot be it. Can it? I understand embarrassment. Every game's been embarrassing. Even the Broncos game, you were up 28-7. The Chiefs game, at least at least look like a team that is in the same league as them. Looked like a, 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 a first game of a college season from a, 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 you know, Power 5 school versus some, you know what I'm saying? So you already know the team's bad. So why would it, you then, oh, oh, oh you lost to the commanders. That's it. I can't take it anymore. Let me talk to Blake. Give me Blake. Don't worry about it. Just t- Tyler, throw me Blake. And then put people on hold real quick so I can send them through here. Let's talk to Blake out in Dixon. So, Blake, regardless of what happens on Thursday, you feel, oh, Blake got gone. All right, sorry. Grab, some, grab, grab somebody else over there. That's what I'm, the point is that I'm making. The bet has already been made. The Bears suck. If you to get rid of Eberflus, oh, my God. Now you might lose everybody. Everybody might, you know, a second like when the, the the boss gets fired, and everybody's like, oh, I'm not doing my work. Right in the middle. See, this, it's, a, it's a blank show over here. All right, we're going to go to break, and then we're going to take your phone calls right after this. The Bears lose on Thursday. Whether it's embarrassing or not, do you fire Coach Eberflus the next day? Peter King thinks that might be the case. Do you? Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven.
4: you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
3: We're back. Live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Bears are on four and looking at the number one pick in the draft. I got to be very honest. I, like, there's things that I hate. Even though I work in radio, like in sports radio, there's things that I hate. Like, I hate repeatables. And it's like... I hate having conversations with people that just repeat what they hear. Instead of like go take 4 minutes on Yahoo or ESPN and go research somebody. Go read an article on somebody so you can have at least another line other than regurgitating whatever it is that people are talking about. For example, Caleb Williams. I have my own thoughts on Caleb Williams. We could spend our time doing that some other some other day, not right now. But it's the people that are like, listen, we, if we get Caleb Williams, everything's going to be. And then, like, they never seen a snap of Caleb Williams, never read an article, never looked at a stat line. They just know that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback, in, or people say he's the best quarterback in college football. So then all of a sudden, everybody just saw that. Those are the things that I hate.
0: Like, did you see the uh, chant going on in Soldier Field after the game? Of yeah. Some guy. He, ironically, he was wearing a Justin Fields jersey, and he's chanting Caleb Williams.
3: Just, and I get it. I get it. I understand why i hope the bears get the number two pick but the fact of the matter is this the football gods are not going to shine down on chicago two years in a row something will happen i was talking to my friend and i said man the bears might not win a game till week 10 he said no you know how it is in football some team surprises you like you can't bet against the bears every week from now to till, till week 10 assuming they're just going to lose i mean you can but it's football and you're bound to lose one of those weeks right so that's what people are saying that they might scrounge up some wins. And then what's going to happen? It's going to be the end of the season. There's going to be two games left. You know, like Tyson Bajan's going to be in there. You know, he had two bad games, and then like his third one, he's going to go ball out like three touchdowns, and the defense is going to play well. Like something crazy is going to happen. Or maybe Justin Fields to do that. But what will happen this Thursday? What will happen this week when the Bears take on the Washington Commanders in Washington? What a great game to go to if you guys are heading out that way. But if the Bears lose, whether it be in embarrassing fashion, or just a regular loss, another loss piled on to the to what has happened to the Chicago Bears team, do you fire Matt Eberflus? I say no. I say no because you already know the Bears suck. So just let them, just let them play it out. You're going to fire him anyway. Do do a better job of setting yourself up after the firing instead of doing it immediately. Listen, you know how many jobs you have worked where your boss knew he was going to fire you? Think about that. How many times have you been on the job for an extra couple of weeks? month maybe boss knows damn well you're out of there. Can't wait for this guy to mess up one more time, and that he's gone, and then they just let you work it out because they, they don't have a contingency plan. So maybe that could happen. What do you think, though? Let's go to Blake again out in Dixon. So, Blake, what are your thoughts on a guy like, you know, Coach Eberflus?
2: Uh First of all, thanks, Dave, for taking the call. Uh, long-time listener. First-time caller, actually, but uh just want to say thanks again for that. But um, I think... I think we lose for
0: sure Thursday, maybe not in a bad fashion. I think fields is kind of going to have another good game, but
2: I think you got to give us fans something to look forward to. And I think, you know, even though we've never fired a a head coach mid season, Ryan Poles has got to give us something here and uh, something to look forward to and let us, let us know that he's not just playing games. And he's actually looking to change this organization around because I think we do have an organizational problem with, uh, you know the talent and uh, producing them, so I think you uh, make a statement and get rid of them there. And uh wait, Blake, let me ask you this. Then room.
3: let me ask you this. So you, so with everything that's happened, you think that polls is, is is not the issue. So you think that it's everybody else around him? Well, I think if he wants to save his job, he's got to make. Ah, a that's what too. I was. That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for some accountability from top to bottom. So yeah so he has a- yeah, and accountability top to bottom, and I think that listen i I think what what you are saying, Blake, and this is what I certainly agree with is that sometimes you need that that moment where everyone is like, Oh damn, you know, where things are getting a little loose and you want to tighten things up a little bit, and chase Claypool sending Chase Claypool home is not that message it's a message not. Certainly is a message. One, it's like we really don't. We already in shambles. We don't need that in addition to it, right? But you need a bold statement that says we will not stand for losing. And if we find ourselves as losers, we will do something immediately to fix it, to move in a different direction. So that's what I hear you saying, Blake, and I understand that. So if Poles has to come in and be like, Getsy, you're gone, or, you know, Flus, you're gone. Whatever the hell it is. Or benching Justin Fields for two weeks, whatever it is. Something where everyone then in the organization is like, oh man, we better shape up or we'll be shipped out. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Because right now it just looks like when you got your coach, and I and I'm I am not one of these people that's gonna be out here ripping nobody like that, but you know, when you got a coach, it's kind of just like, yeah, I, mm, working in the right direction. Everything's going to be, we're, we're not, we're almost there. No, bro. But when you got somebody like that, <coughs> excuse me, you got to make one of those, one of those uh, uh, kind of statements. All right, let's go to, is it A-Y? Is that what I'm saying? All right, let's go to A-Y and Lake in the Hills. What does A-Y stand for quickly?
5: Uh, Osher Uash.
3: Oh, Osher u I like that name. I like that. All right, so. Talk to me about what's going on with your thoughts on Ibra and whether or not he should be fired if they lose on Thursday.
5: So, Dave, uh, thanks again for taking the call. I am a first-time caller, but I I, I had to call after hearing this question because I don't even think it should be a question. Uh, Yes, if if we lose on Thursday, he's got to go. He's just got to go. I was saying when uh, they first answered the call, Arizona, as bad as they are, playing with a backup quarterback. We're supposed to have the most electrifying player in the game. And they got to win against Dallas because of pride. Our coach can't even get pride out of these studs that they've got on the field. In my opinion, I'll, uh, I'll listen to the rest.
3: Well, well, I mean, I think the the, the, the problem is this, right? I mean, if you're like, of course he has to get fired on Thursday, what's going to be is, is, Another lot like are you gonna feel more disgusted than you feel right now? Cause I'm I'm as disgusted as I've ever been as a Bears fan. Just because they're not even first of all, when was the last time we celebrated a victory? Right? So you can only take so many losses, your heart can only take so many losses in a row.
0: We're coming up to almost a whole year.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like if your lady keeps cheating on you, how many times are you gonna take her back before you completely break up with her? How many losses in a row is it? 15? 15, 15 now. 15 losses? Yeah. If your lady cheats on you 15 times, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to walk away from her completely like some Bears fans have done. Or what's the alternative there? You just take them back again. And you just deal with it. And now you're just there. I'm numb to it. Yeah, she's a cheater. Whatever. Cheaper to keep her. Something like that. Like you're just, you're just deal with it. You're like, whatever. You are emotionally, you are unattached now.
0: He was there for the ride.
3: This was there, bro. And it, what a what a crappy ride it is. It's Gabriel, Ramirez, 670 to score. And we're talking about this crappy ride of Ron. As we watch these this Bears team trying to figure it out. Cause even at this point, it's like, what? What would be a successful season to you? You can't put a number on it, right? It's no longer a win total because you're not going to make the playoffs. And and if you win six, seven games, you're just like, oh my God, this is. Maybe that's maybe that's something. Bears would need to go. Here we go. I got you. Four game win streak. Didn't that sound good? Like three sounded lucky. Four sounds like you figured something out. I don't know. That make me happy. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's go to Mike in South Florida. Mike, you know I love my out of staters. So. All right. Good evening. Good evening. What do you think about Eberflus? You you think he should uh, get fired if the Bears lose on Thursday?
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to fire him. Plus, we need a tank commander. He
3: did a great job last
0: year. (laughs) Let's keep him in. I don't want somebody in there who may motivate the guys and win, but I think the bigger problem is polls, and I got three reasons why. Number one, I don't want to give this guy another $130 million to spend after what we've just seen him spend. Number two, let's say they do fire Ibrus Another coach is going to come in and say, what the hell am I coaching here? There's a lot of non-talent on the team. Sure, there's a few talented guys, but I think the roster is still very, very bad. And then number three, on top of that, let's say they do get the number one pick. They choose Khalid, right? Poles is in his third year. Rookie quarterbacks are going to struggle. Khalid, maybe he turns out like Stroud in your early success, or maybe he struggles like Bryce Young, right? So then the third year is going to be bad. And now polls is going to the fourth year. If that roster isn't good, boy, we're going to be looking at seven years of futility after they then file polls after the fourth year. So I think this whole thing could be a big, huge mess if it's not done correctly at the end of the year.
3: Appreciate the call, Mike. I love your points that you brought up. And you're pretty funny in the beginning. Uh, I, I think when you're talking about polls being the reason, I mean, man. I would like somebody to text in and, and, and talk about something amazing he's done, and I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm gonna be very clear. I'm not saying that. I'm I'm okay with. I need more time on polls. It takes a long time to build a team, especially when you when he tore it down bare. Right? It's like it's like having a house and you you tear it down to the studs, and you're like, okay, you don't want to fire a guy just yet, and be like, oh, dude, this house sucks. You're like, no, well, let me build it. Just, I only put down the floorboards. I didn't done anything yet.
0: It's got the foundation.
3: Now, if in now, if in a couple of months, all I got is like a couple pieces of drywall or whatever. Like if there's not anything done, then I gotta then I gotta then I gotta tell you you suck. But he brought up some good points, did Mike from South Florida, and he said you don't give him the money to spend. I didn't get a chance to ask Mike a follow up, and it was gonna say, What do you, what do you think the biggest bust is with the money that he spent right Dante Foreman and, and and PJ Walker guys that didn't see the field Is
0: it bad that I totally forgot about those two names that's
3: my point though right like yeah there, no they make a good there plan. are there are things there that you can point to but when you say don't give him money to spend good point but I, w- I would be curious as to who you thought what the biggest bust was with his money another coach is going to say we have no talent no talent it's evident when you watch these games week in and week out, the Bears are always the inferior team. When you're looking at all three phases, it's it's there's way more. There's always more talent on the other side of the roster, and that's sad because you're like it almost feels feels like <laughs> it almost feels like the Bears will never get to that point. Like they're always gonna suck. Maybe that's what losing does. You get in, everybody's talking about it. And then the last thing you said, Khalid, but it, it's Caleb. Um, and the biggest issue that I have there with Caleb, the Caleb Williams, Ibrahflus, is the carousel that is, which is, you know, on the last year of a coach's contract, you're bringing in a rookie, and then you're asking the rookie to be under pressure while the coach is under pressure to win, and you know it's like a cycle that the Bears have been in the last couple of times. So I want to just rid myself of that, and and I I'm okay with that not being the case. There is a scenario where the Bears pick up the fifth option on Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. Spends that year behind Justin Fields, like it's a possibility. And then they just let Justin Fields walk. I had a big debate with my friend today, who's a Justin Fields truther, and was like, "Oh, we, we, man, we just when we trade him, we'll just get a number, a first round pick." I said, "From who, bro?" He's like, "What do you mean?" And I said, "He's like Justin Fields definitely get you a first round pick." I said, "What?" I said, "Okay, first name me the team that would give up a first round pick." And then he said, the Patriots. And I said, okay, Bill Belichick loves trading away picks. But Bill Belichick ain't going to want to get no first-round pick for no Justin Fields?
0: He's never going to do that. Never.
3: Then he said, who was the second team? Oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what he said. He said, Pittsburgh. He said, Mike Tomlin will f- be arrogant enough to feel like he can fix Justin Fields. I said, yeah, he, yeah he'll feel that way. But not for a first round, <laughs> not for a first-round pick. That was my point. Oh, uh, Bears. Let's go out to Ryan in the Quad Cities. So, Ryan, what do you think the Bears should be doing in this situation with F- with Floose if he loses on Thursday?
0: Well, I think Floos has got to go. I think, uh, first off, I don't necessarily have a beef with poles. I think he's done a, a pretty decent job given what he had to deal with. Obviously, the Claypool trade is a black mark, but when he came in, he uh, he had Flus and Quinn and uh, another coach to pick from. He said he he made the decision, but they already
2: had three candidates they were looking at. Uh, so you you pretty much set fields up to fail with a defensive minded coach and Matt Nagy before him.
0: He's had nobody to educate him and, and to, to motivate oh, 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 him and to push. Him, I so. hear you.
3: I hear you, Ryan. I hear you, Ryan. But we got to We got to st- we got to stop with the like. I just talked about this earlier, the repeatables, right? We got to stop with, like, the Justin Field or the Ryan Poles was handpicked as three people, and he didn't get a chance to choose. Iberf- like, go look at the press conference where he's talking about hiring Iberflus and how, what, you know, what he was doing. And that's whatever. Like, come on. I don't know. I just I just don't like that. I, I, I hate the repeatable part of it. Oh, he didn't get to pick his go. So what? So what? What? Well, you think the Bears will be in a different position if you picked a different guy? You think, you think with just, you got to, this is the point that I keep trying to make with this. It's Justin Fields to anyone that I'll talk to. It's Justin Fields. And it's not a knock on Justin Fields. He's a, actually a good quarterback. The problem is if you want to be successful in the NFL, you need a top 15 quarterback. You cannot win consistently in the NFL. If you do not have a good quarterback. And there's a million quarterbacks out there, and your job is to find him, literally, him. And it's okay. If you're 17, 18 best quarterback, the 19th best quarterback, which Justin Fields could be in that range, it's not good enough. And it's okay to say, I don't want the 19th, 20th best quarterback, especially when I don't have a defense to hide him under. If I don't have an offensive line to run, to use the run game through, if you don't, it's okay. Okay. And that's it. It's not Eberflus, not Poles, not Chase Claypool, It's not the offensive line. It's Justin Fields. And again, it's not a knock. It's more of a realistic approach. If you want to win in the NFL, you got to have a top 15 quarterback. And my boy also thought the Washington Redskins, excuse me, commanders, would trade their first-round pick to get Justin Fields. And we get an opportunity to talk to someone who covers the commanders and I'm curious what he has to say about that and whether or not he thinks that the commanders are still on fire after the Eagles game and they're going to try to put a whooping on the Bears. We'll talk to Chris Russell from 107.5, the fan out in Washington, D.C., after the break. It's Gabriel Ramirez here on 670
4: The score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
3: We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. The text lines have been so funny, man, as uh, we wait to get our counterpart from Washington, D.C. on the line. Maybe he's scared. Maybe he's scared. He knows what's going to happen. He doesn't want to talk to us. It's Gabe Ramirez. 670 The Score. Going to take some more phone calls while we wait. 312 644 6767. Some people are just, man. Somebody said, from six three zero, you talk about feels like he's a finished product. He's not, right? No, no, no. He's not finished with the Bears yet. You're right. He's not. <laughs> not. The, the, when you say something like that, you you sound delusional as if his ceiling is like where he's at now and what his ceiling is like. There's this huge gap that he still has to go, and 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 definitively will get there. So like, oh, he's not a finished product yet. He's not exactly what he's going to be, which is amazing. That's what you sound like you're saying. I I hope that's not what you're saying because then it sounds silly. Just like this next text from the 815 that says, they might have that QB on the bench already. (laughs) Come on, don't do the Bayesian thing. The only reason I want to watch Bayesian, if the Bears lose in like seven, eight straight, is just because it'll be exciting football. And what I mean by that is like he might throw some interceptions, but he also is going to throw some touchdowns, right? So like you just don't know what's going to happen. And for me, I'm here. Uh, let's see what else somebody said. Oh, another one said he has the potential to be a top five to 10 quarterback. Are you, are you, are you also delusional? A top five? Do do you understand what, how many, like five? Tua, Allen, Hurts, Mahomes. Then you would be putting Justin Fields right there. It's tough to do. Tough to do. Not that he can't. I doubt it highly let's go out to the phone and talk to bernie out in algonquin bernie we've been asking the question should Eberflus be fired if the bears lose peter king said if it's an embarrassing fashion most certainly he will and he also said ryan poles might be on that block too if that happens uh what do you think about that that situation uh, gabe uh, iberflus should have been fired after the <laughs> packer game okay
5: he's a very nice guy i like him personally but he is not a head football coach He did not have that team prepared, ready to play football, to play Green Bay. How long did he have the first string together? All through training camp and all through the preseason games. He had a lot of time to get those guys to play together, to get accustomed to play together. They were not ready to play. We're only playing, what, 17 games? We're not playing 162 Every game's important. You got to be ready to go game one. You can't take four or five games. Get your team ready to play full pro football. Is, Brandon, let
3: me ask you this. Is do you think Ebere is the is the issue with Justin Fields? Yes, I do. So you I, think I, I okay, really... hold, okay, hold, on, hold on. So if we had an yeah. offensive mind coach coach say, they're, you know, the repeatables like I mentioned. If it's Eric Bienname, you think Justin Fields is fixed? You think Justin Fields is a top 10 15 quarterback? I don't know about that, but the guy, the guy's very athletic. He's
5: got an arm. He can run. He just, he has to develop some skills as a quarterback, which I think a good quarterback coach and a good offensive coach and head coach can get him to do. I I think there's room for improvement and I think he's willing to learn. I think he's shown the capability to listen.
3: Yeah, I think he's I think he's there. I think he's, you know, of course he wants to learn. He wants he every quarterback that makes it in the NFL, once they get slapped with that dose of reality that the NFL is harder than anything else they've ever done competitively, then yeah, of course that they want to get better. But I think there's some things that you just naturally need to have at the quarterback position that you can build on that will then make you an elite quarterback. And I'm just not I don't think Justin Fields has it. But let's take uh, the word of our opposition uh, right now our, with our guest joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, one of the hosts on the Team 980 and 1075 the Fan, uh, covering the commanders out there on the East Coast. Our next guest, Chris Russell, is here. Chris, good evening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey Gabe, how are you man? What's I'm doing I'm doing good. I got to say, you know, it seems like Washington's been off to to a hot start. I'm just curious like what your thoughts were going into the season on on how
2: Well, I I mean, I was optimistic. A lot of people didn't like the fact that they're trying to develop a rookie or, you know, a rookie-plus quarterback is what I call him because uh, he only had the one start last year, but he's not technically a rookie. So, uh, you know, call him a rookie-plus. A lot of people didn't like doing that in Ron – Uh, Rivera's fourth year um, you know and I understood some of that questioning Uh, certainly it's not ideal it's not what you would draw up but everything else has been a catastrophic failure uh, at the quarterback position from you know Wentz to you know the uh, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, I mean Taylor Heineke worked out for a little while but it, it, it always felt like you know like they were hanging on by the you know, by the thinnest of margins with him and uh, the late Dwayne Haskins and so on and so forth, uh, who Ron inherited. Um, So I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I knew Sam had a super strong arm. Well, super strong might be tough, Uh, a a strong arm. Uh, And I knew he had mobility and I knew he had toughness and I knew he had maturity and I knew he had work ethic. And that's something I can't say for every quarterback that's come down the pike here you know, really since Kirk Cousins left for the Minnesota Vikings in 2018 uh, in free agency after they botched that. So, you know, I was optimistic, but, you know, of course, as you know, with with any quarterback, there's ups and downs. I mean, we see it across the board in the NFL. It doesn't just have to be a rookie quarterback or one with no experience. There is ups and downs. It's a seesaw-type position, and I think, you know, he's nowhere near as bad as he showed a week and a half ago against the Buffalo Bills. And maybe he's not as good as he showed on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles or two weeks ago against the Denver Broncos. But I think he's closer to that than he's closer to, you know, what he was against the Bills a week and a half ago.
3: Of course, facing a top-tier defense like that, most quarterbacks are going to look a bit more pedestrian than their typical mm-hmm. stat line. Uh, but 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 in this instance, it seems as though you guys have somebody that you're comfortable with and the defense is looking good. How, how, how are you guys feeling about that defensive line and has the tide Changed on a guy like Chase Young where now everyone wants to keep him instead of trade him away?
2: Yeah, you know, this is such a weird thing because the defense, um, you know, is allowing 30 points a game, right? Now, not all of that is on the defense. Some of that comes from turnovers, you know, in bad position on the field, uh, i.e. in that Bills game, which which racked up a lot of points, right? But they did allow 34 points, uh, didn't create a takeaway on Sunday in Philadelphia. You know, shut down the run, but allowed too many big, big impact plays. You know, and and you'll remember this: what happened a year ago in Chicago? Uh, I, I mean, they Justin Fields and the Bears put up 400 yards of offense on them, and and, and if they didn't throw up all over themselves inside the ten a couple of times, <laughs> the Bears win that game by 10, 12 points, whatever it might be. And I, I know it was 12-7, but I mean, that was not indicative of how the bears moved the the ball in that game at soldier field now i don't expect that this thursday night um but this defense has not been good and maybe you guys get them at the right time um you know emmanuel forbes rookie out of mississippi state had a real rough game against aj brown but their safeties, guy like Derek forrest who had a good year last year hasn't been good uh so far this year their pass rush it's capable of taking over games, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see that at some point on Thursday night, but it's also capable of kind of being, I don't want to say invisible, but just not as impactful as you would think for back-to-back-to-back-to-back consecutive first-round picks would be, if that makes sense, especially two being very highly paid in Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. So, you know, the Bears' offensive line and Justin Fields have their work cut out for them, but I don't think an impossible task by any means.
3: Oh, we're most certainly envious of the defensive line, even the ability to say some names that people have heard of before. We're talking to Chris Russell from 105 <laughs> The Fan and the Team 980 uh, out on the East Coast here on 670 The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. So most people, Chris, have been looking at this Bears team as like a get-over game or get-right game is what most people are calling it. Is that how the the the, the commanders are looking at it right now, where it's an opportunity to – to really focus on what 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 you can do well and operate at a high level doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you would think so, Gabe. I mean, you know, like they're saying all the right things. Um, you know, being so close against the defending NFC champions on the road overtime, you know, scoring 30 plus points makes you feel pretty good about where they're at even though they're two and two and losers of 2 in a row and clearly short of the NFL elite. I don't know if anybody really thought they should be in the NFL elite uh, after a 2-0 start. As a matter of fact, nobody should have. Um, but they were hoping to split those two and be 3 and 1 going into this game. Now obviously a good opportunity going into a long weekend to be 3 and 2 at home. I think it's really important to put together a good, you know, convincing effort, you know, not to scrape by like they did against Arizona in week 1 20 to 16. Of course you want to win, and you'll take a win by any means, and a win is a win, but you want, you know, if you're a Commanders fan, if you're the new owner, Josh Harris, who's been around professional sports with the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, and part owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers for a little while, um, you know, you'd like a convincing win, but you'll take any kind of win that you can get because it's it's hard to win in this league. And like I said last year, the Bears should have won against this Commanders team largely, I want to say, the same because Sam Howell wasn't the quarterback, but largely the same everywhere else. But the Bears should have won that game by 10 points at least. And so, you know, I guess the old adage is, "Is any given Sunday well any given Thursday? I mean, like, I wouldn't be stunned, stunned if the Bears win this game or keep it close or have a chance late in the fourth quarter to win, tie, whatever. Uh, But I also wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if you see, you know, a 10 to 14-ish point win you know for the commanders something that we don't get around here very often we don't usually get comfortable wins you know
3: yeah. well you mentioned being shocked if if the bears won we would be shocked out here in chicago <laughs> if they actually won that would yeah, be I'm something sure you would. well let me let me let me, let sure me uh, ask this last one before you go and and that is uh, what is the weak link or the weak area in the armor of the washington commanders If the bears are going to attack something what would that yeah. be
2: yeah, I mean it's the offensive line and Sam Howell holding on to the ball too long, um, and the offensive line, especially Andrew Wiley at right tackle, Super Bowl champion from the Chiefs last year, brought over with Eric Enemy. he has really, really, really struggled this year. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the Bears, the, the Bears, the, the Bears, <laughs> and Matt Eberflus are trying to develop a plan, and whatever they're doing with the defensive play calling. Uh, are trying to develop a plan to take advantage of that. If they're going to win this game, pressure and you know pass rush and maybe a, a you know a sack, force fumble type thing, or maybe a bad interception off the right side of the Commanders' offense, left side of the Bears' defense is going to have to be the way they capitalize. And then just one other small little thing: the, the Commanders have struggled at times. Quite honestly, in all games with special teams, uh, you know, mm. Tressway, uh, who was once a bear um, early, early, early in his career, like for a, a, a cup of coffee, has been here for nine years. The punter had two terrible punts that cost him 10 points mm. uh, on Sunday in Philadelphia. The place kicker, Joey Sly, is a little bit up and down seesaw. The long snapper who they traded up for, for whatever God knows <laughs> reasons, uh, two years ago, has been horrible Uh, in terms of field goal snaps uh, for a lot of the offseason training camp preseason early in the regular season. So I think those are two areas where the Bears uh, can capitalize. And, again, I keep going back to what happened last week, uh, last year, I should say, where the Bears were able to convert on some big plays. This defense will give you big plays. They'll generally take away the thing you do best. The thing you do best, I I assume that'll be – making sure that Justin Fields doesn't kill them running around and create Mm -hmm. all sorts of plays. They generally are good at that, but that leads and yields big plays on the back end.
3: Absolutely fantastic stuff. You can't get better than that when you want insider information for the opposing team. Chris, appreciate you jumping on me. Look forward to hanging out and talking to you again soon in the future.
2: You got it, Gabe. Thanks
3: for having me. Appreciate you. Of course, Chris Russell host on the team 980 and 107.5, the fan out on the East Coast, you can follow him on Twitter at WrestleMania 621 That was some really good inside information there. The problem is, he said the weakest link they have is their offensive line and Sam Howell holding the ball too much. Damn it, Bears have no pass rush.
0: I was just gonna say that doesn't help them.
3: Damn it, Bears can't get to the can't get to the quarterback. All right. Um, the good thing is this: we get to continue talking about Bears. For those of you on hold, I appreciate you hanging on for that long. We're going to take some Bears calls on the other side because Anthony Heron, my guy from Bears Unleashed, that's the show we do together on Fox, is going to be hanging out with me for the entire 7 o'clock hour as we chat Los Osos, the Chicago Bears, with you next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on
1: 670 The Score.